0: Hi, welcome to Nutrition Nuts. I am your host, Jim Wilk, certified nutritional counselor. And thanks to our main sponsor, HollyhillVitamins.com, a site for great prices, great service, and an extensive wellness library. And today on our maiden show, we have health and wellness coach Paula Billick. She is teaching an online program right now called the Foot to Forehead Fix that you can find at Paula's Herbals com welcome paula
1: thank you thank
0: you so much for joining us it's today. an honor
1: to be here on your first show this is very exciting it
0: is and i've known paula for quite a while and she is the go-to person when i have herbal questions
1: oh thank you welcome So Paula, um,
0: before we start, I'm just curious, and maybe the audience would like to know how you got involved in herbs, and you also teach Pilates, so maybe you can incorporate the two there.
1: Yeah, I actually just taught an online workshop about getting rid of aches and pains by both aligning your pelvis and working with chamomile as well. So I am combining both the movement and the herbal stuff in the work that I do. It's very exciting.
0: Sure. Sure. How long have you been doing Pilates?
1: Well, I've been a reformer Pilates teacher for about 15 years now, and I've had a studio for about 12 years doing that. And then I've had an herbal certification for about 10 years, but really herbal wellness is a lifetime thing for me. I grew up with uh, herbal medicine, so that's always been my passion and my base.
0: So this is a good time of year for you in the spring here when... uh the things are budding and blossoming. It's
1: an interesting time of year, that's yeah. for sure. And you do you grow
0: some of your own herbs and spices?
1: As much as I can. I don't have much of a garden right now, but I am friends with some good farmers. So when I can get fresh stuff from them, I do that too.
0: You have also uh, lectured in uh, a few different places, some mm-hmm. universities and things like that on herbs and yeah. uses and things.
1: I think the biggest one was Temple University's um, School of Podiatry. That was right. really fun to do. <laughs> I bet.
0: Um, and this this online uh, show that you just did on, on your webinar, uh, what does that mean, the uh, foot-to-forehead fix?
1: Well, the foot-to-forehead fix is an eight-week program that is a blend of movement practices and of herbal wellness uh, lessons that is really designed to help people uh, reestablish a foundation of good health and good movement patterns. Um, So that whether you're somebody that has never exercised before or a weekend warrior or um, anybody that's just trying to come out of a plateau or get started in a whole new thing, um, however, you want to move forward, we were never really taught good habits and good patterns in the first place. Yeah. So, this is starting at your feet right down to actual foot stretches up through um, the neck muscles and aligning your head and your rib cage and your pelvis and strengthening your hips and how the shoulders work properly. And it's reestablishing good muscle movement patterns and then also working with the body systems and working with herbs so that things like stress and sleep and digestion and immunity are also working uh, the way that they're supposed to, instead of being under or over stimulated.
0: You got this whole body mind, uh, connection going yeah, there.
1: It really is holistic. It's inner and outer stuff.
0: I think the only advice, you know, you said that about, uh, not being taught these things. I I think the only advice I got growing up was sit up straight, that was it. You're
1: right, not- <laughs> and when you sit up straight, you usually do that by raising your chest, which doesn't actually put your upper body in alignment, so that doesn't help. Hmm. It's, you know, where are the shoulders compared to the chest? We're not taught to move.
0: That's interesting. We're Mm -hmm. taught taught a lot of things. I think once they get us walking as babies, they're done with us. Right, right. And we don't even walk that properly, I think.
1: Right, (laughs) well, and we don't walk that much. So we don't have as much opportunity to um, fix those patterns. So this is an on-purpose sort of um, direct look at a lot of this stuff that I think maybe 100 years ago would have been – automatic and normal for people but our lifestyles have changed sure. so much
0: i guess we used to not uh, walk on flat surfaces mm, so definitely much. we were on hills and in valleys and and barefoot a lot of times and, and
1: uneven surfaces, you know, surfaces and surfaces. all
0: that uh, yeah interesting very interesting mm-hmm. well I'm, I'm glad you're here because this is spring now and uh it's a time like i said for blooming and blossoming and and i believe so many people are suffering nowadays for from allergies. Uh, I hear oh, yeah. it all the time, and they're running to the drugstores and getting all these uh, decongestants and things that uh, pharmacies sell uh, for forever. And you have some a different approach to allergies than, uh, let's say, a, uh, a, a, you know, some like a pharmacist might have. Mm-hmm. So, so explain explain some uh, things about allergies and what you do for them.
1: Well. When you're looking at, say, herbals, the classic herb that you would first look at is nettles. Mm. And I've been talking to some people recently that are very proud of themselves and saying, oh, I'm drinking nettle tea because I've got allergies and I don't want them to happen this year. And then it doesn't help. And it's very disappointing to people. And so they move on and they stop thinking that herbs work or they believe that they never did in the first place. And that's really a shame. Um... Nettles, as an herb that helps with allergies, you really need to be working with either fresh nettles or a tincture, an alcohol-based extract of the fresh plant, um, or if you freeze-dry the plant. Nettles have an antihistamine constituent, but it's only available in the fresh or the freeze-dried plant. So to drink nettle tea from dried tea in a tea bag isn't going to get you that antihistamine quality. Now, it will get you a lot of nutrition, lots of vitamin A, K. There's a lot of calcium and protein in nettles. So you can provide your immune system with an awful lot of the resources that it needs to build immune cells and have a proper immune response. But the actual antihistamine quality you're getting from the fresh plant or the fresh plant tincture, or the freeze-dried capsules, or there's a couple of ways to do it, but just a straight-up dried plant, not so helpful.
0: Now, there's different attributes to plants. There's, there's the leaves, the tops of the leaves, there's the stem, the roots and things. Uh, and I think there is a difference. You hear about nettle root and you hear about nettle leaves. Mm-hmm. And what's the main difference between the two?
1: There? Well, the nettle leaf the um, leafing top of the young plants Mm -hmm. is what you're really going to be using. Um, Nettle root and to some extent nettle seed are entirely different animals altogether. So when you're talking about the nutrition and when you're talking about the antihistamine qualities, you're looking at the young leafy tops. When they start getting older, they start, um, they're just not so good. They're not so palatable anymore. They Mm -hmm. start to have more, um, oxalic acid, I think it is, so right. that they're just not tasty. Um, so the young shoots are what you're looking for. Once it goes to seed, then you need to let it, um, once it starts to flower, then you need to let it go to seed and do its thing.
0: Now, uh, I've mentioned in some of my radio shows that uh, in the past and going back many years, uh, there's looked like a soft place when I was hiking to to sit down in. I said, look at that shrubbery over there. That looks oh. really comforting and i had my shorts on too i was in the pants and i finally found out what they mean by stinging nettles then.
1: oh yes yeah uh, so, oh for sure
0: yeah uh, is, there an, is there an antidote to that when it first happens
1: well yeah. there are a couple of things you can if you know what um broadleaf or narrowleaf plantain looks like not banana plantains but it's a it's a common weed in the in your lawns you can actually make what's called a spit poultice where you take a leaf of the plantain and chew it up and put it on your nettle sting and it will help. But I I hear you, the first time I ever met nettle, I accidentally backed into it with my jeans on. And so through two layers of denim, I got stung right through the pocket.
0: Wow, that's amazing. It's Um, a very
1: impressive plant.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people also, when I talk to people, they kind of wait till they see some symptoms before they start saying, you know what? Uh, it's allergy season and I'm suffering from allergies.
1: I should do something about this. I should do
0: something about it. Uh, can, can nettles be used as a preventative too? Should people start early ideally? I know we're in the spring season right now, mm-hmm. but how about for next year?
1: You know? Or for the fall. Or yeah. for the fall. Well, as far as the antihistamine process goes, not really so useful with prevention because your body is only going to have a histamine response when it sees an invader, like a piece of pollen in your bloodstream. But again, if you're looking at the dried nettles and you're making tea on a regular basis, then you're getting that really good nutrition hit so that your immune system can be robust and ready to take things on so that maybe the, um, the allergy season won't hit you as hard. The other thing to think about is um, minute bits of exposure. So if you take a walk on a regular basis at the very beginning of allergy season, even before what we would consider allergy season to be a thing, you're going to be getting occasional bits of pollen here and there. Your body can get used to it and it might not freak out so hard as if it would if you're in the house or in an office all day, every day, and then you walk out into this world that's full of pollen and your body just doesn't know what to do with it. Ah, good point. So having that regular exposure can help. And then you're also looking at the side benefit of by doing something like taking a walk every day, you're helping your lymph channels to clear out waste so that when you are exposed to pollen, your lymph system is ready to take on all of the, um, the immune cells that are out there trying to get rid of the pollen in the first place, instead of being backed up, because again, you're in your house or in your office all day, every day, not moving around. The movement piece is really helpful.
0: Folks. I just have to tell you, uh, I have been on herb walks with Paula and, uh, I have to admit we don't walk too far,
1: or too fast, <laughs> or too
0: fast. Uh, I, I'm amazed and I'm I'm fascinated that uh, she can pick out as we walk along just so many interesting things that are coming out of the ground or falling from the trees. Uh, it's it's really an education, and uh, I appreciate it because there's life going on around us, and a lot of times we're not uh, privy to to feeling it or not not seeing it for what it is. And it gives you a, a, a kind of gratitude uh, that uh, herbs, uh, plants are living right along uh, along with us in, in nature and things. And, and they are all their own it.
1: individuals as well. Right, I right. think a lot of people go outside and just see one shade of green. Right. And right. I am on a bit of a mission to at least break that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's lots of kinds of plants that have so many wonderful and useful and helpful properties beyond um just what we can extract from them or use them for they really do have their own personalities like that nettle plant she will she'll bite (laughs) if you're not if you're not respectful (laughs) if you don't respect those boundaries right but
0: thank goodness they don't have legs
1: (laughs) for sure but that doesn't make it good or bad in and of itself um so there's lots of there's lots of life in the literal sense, but there's also lots of life in the personality sense with lots of plants. And so forming those kinds of friendships and relationships with a violet flower or accepting the dandelions in your yard because they do serve other purposes besides just making suburban people crazy is, I think, a wonderful thing. And it's a very connected thing.
0: Uh, As a nutrition counselor, I often recommend during the allergy season some quercetin and some vitamin C Mm -hmm. uh, because they are natural antihistamines as well. So you can combine all these good things, right?
1: Yeah. Basically, we're talking about food medicine, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're taking nettles and you're taking vitamin C and your quercetin, which is extracted from something, um, like onions and garlic have lots of quercetin in them, you're really working with food medicine and food dosage levels. So... It's it's very it's very easy to work with all of them in combination.
0: Paul, we're recording this during the 2020 pandemic, and a lot of people are concerned about their stress levels. For uh, they, sure, they're going through a lot right now with uh, you know, social distancing, uh, monetary problems, health problems, keeping their immune system up. Uh, so maybe you can just touch a little bit on uh, how to handle stress as an herbalist, and maybe even. Uh, immune things that you might recommend?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing that really comes to mind is the difference between your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic is the fight or flight response. And a lot of us were already living in that fight or flight response before this happened. Um, But we're built to live in the parasympathetic state, which is known as the rest and digest state. So, we don't spend an awful lot of time there to begin with um, culturally. And then now, with this pandemic going on, it definitely is a big deal. So, one of the big things you can do for your body in order to get back into that parasympathetic state and train yourself to stay there a little bit better is to move every day, 45 minutes at a rate where you can carry on a conversation, but you're breathing a little bit heavy. And that triggers all the things in your body to say, oh, we're okay, as compared to that fight or flight state, which really triggers the body to say, winter is coming, famine is nigh, you know, we've got to survive a whole winter, and things start happening like you lose lean muscle and you put on weight and your brain gets a little bit foggy because you're not giving it as much resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and people get withdrawn and depressed because that's a healthy response or a healthy set of responses to get through winter. But we don't have to get through winter. We just have to get through today. So being uh, doing things that get you into that parasympathetic state on purpose can really help maintain that state throughout the day. So that consistent movement is really important. Herbally, there's a lot of different plants that will impact your stress levels, that will impact how you respond to stress, that will help you uh, calm down, that will help you shift into better sleep patterns. Um, One big class of those herbs are called adaptogens. And that's a whole group of plants they're really unique because they have what's basically considered to be a non specific stress response. Mm. So they help a variety of body systems in a variety of ways so that you can adapt to stressful situations better.
0: Ah, the word adapt, uh, it's a good exactly. word.
1: Exactly. And no a lot no the, pun intended. Oh, definitely pun intended. <laughs> so a lot of these plants were researched over the course of the 20th century, really. For um, athletic performance and also for work performance, because unfortunately, a lot of these plants were researched in places where forced labor was very acceptable. And so they were trying to get the most work out of people that they could by using plants that were around at the time. Um, which is not a nice way to get research, but we have it now, so we might as well use it to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these plants that are considered adaptogens are from um, Asia and from Russia, um, and to some extent from India as well, because those are the cultures that had these types of plants in their traditional systems already. And Some people then would expand the definition of adaptogens to include things like even the nettles we were talking about. Um, But there are a lot of adaptogens out there, like holy basil is one, rhodiola is a common adaptogen. You find um, aleuthero and ginseng, yes. There's there's several dozen well-established and accepted adaptogen herbs that are going to help you adapt to stressful situations in a variety of ways, depending on what you need.
0: And, and stress can really have an effect on your immune system.
1: Oh, stress immediately has an effect on your immune system. It shuts it down. Mm. Because if you're faced with a saber-toothed tiger, you don't need to worry about that splinter causing an infection in your finger. Yeah. <laughs> you might not have a finger at the end of this encounter. <laughs> so stress will shut down your immune system so that it has that extra energy to put into your thigh muscles to run as fast as you can. So chronic stress results in chronic suppression of your immune system. That's the main reason why people get sick when they go on vacation, because they were sick. They just couldn't mount an immune response to it. So Gosh. as soon as they relax, get a couple of good nights sleep, boom, now their body can respond to this bacteria or virus that's been floating around for all that time.
0: As an herbalist, uh, do you prefer a mode of delivery uh, system uh, into the system. <laughs> there's there's tinctures, uh, extracts. There's uh, uh, capsules, and like you said, tea too. Um, or do you use different modalities for different uh, purposes?
1: At the end of the day, what matters is that you get the herbs into you. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not as particular about that mode, so long as you do it. I mean, a tea is going to be a very high dose option because it's a water-based extract. You don't get an awful lot of, of material out of the plants in the water. So you need to drink a lot of it. But if you're the kind of person that already does drink a lot of water throughout the day, changing that out for an herbal tea won't be a big deal. Right. Some people will not drink tea. So you can't be a stickler about that. They could have all the good teas that they need in their house, but if they don't drink them, it doesn't help. Mm. Um, Whereas a tincture, an alcohol-based extract, is a much lower dose. It's much more concentrated. But if somebody can't remember to take them, it doesn't matter <laughs> how many of them they own at their house. Um, so what, it, what matters to me is that you, you get it done, however that works best for you.
0: Uh, cause is alcohol a concern for, for people when you see an, an, an extract, because sometimes it says a high percentage of alcohol. I think people get a little freaked out about it.
1: It can be. If you're concerned about alcohol for, um, religious reasons or for abuse reasons, mm. then for sure you can avoid using the alcohol based extracts. Um, chances are that you're going to need to take something that's a little bit higher dose then because of that. Because alcohol is the highest concentration remedy, using a substitute is going to be lower concentration, you need more dose. But that's not the end of the world. Um, if it's the quantity of alcohol that has you concerned, from all of the reading I've done, a dropper full of a tincture of an alcohol tincture has about as much alcohol in it as a ripe banana. Mm. So if you're using ripe bananas and smoothies, that's how much alcohol you're getting. Gotcha. Uh, so those, yeah, we Those do, banana
0: daiquiris are fantastic. Oh, problem.
1: well, yes. <laughs> I mean, the alcohol in a tincture is very high extract, or a very high percentage because you want good preservation. Yeah. But the quantity that you take in a dose is not very high at all.
0: Okay, well, uh, also as as an herbalist, and I got you here today, so I'm, I'm getting all these questions out that oh, that's fine that that I get from my uh, customers. Uh, is, is is it sometimes? Well, uh, when I was watching your webinar, it was interesting because you were making chamomile tea. Yes. Uh, and you had people try it after a few minutes, I think, and then after about ten minutes, after it's steeped for a while, mm-hmm. what was the main purpose for, for doing something like that?
1: That is one of my most fun experiments. I really love that. When you make a chamomile tea, we just used a chamomile tea bag, just straight from the box, chamomile tea bag. You drop it in your hot water, give it two or three minutes to steep, and it has that really lovely sweet apple kind of aroma, and it's got a sweet taste, and it's a nice light golden color. And chamomile is really helpful to, um, when it relaxes muscle tension, And it's particularly helpful in the abdomen. So different types of cramping and different types of bloating and different types of muscle tension that happen in the abdomen, be it in the intestines or the psoas muscles, Mm. or even the abdominal muscles themselves. Chamomile just has an affinity for the abdomen, but really throughout the whole body, it can relax muscles. And a lot of that is coming from the scented part, the, the essential oil that's in the chamomile that you're getting in the tea when you steep it. But then when you let chamomile sit longer, like 10, 20, 30 minutes overnight, now you're giving it time and pulling bitter constituents out of the chamomile. So it's not so sweet. It's not so delightfully light and pretty anymore. But once you've got the bitter components in the water, you're now looking at a digestive remedy because Ah. when you taste bitter, it stimulates bitter taste receptors all over your body. I mean, we have bitter taste receptors in the lungs and they're actually studying bitters as an asthma remedy because when you taste bitter, bitter taste receptors relax muscle. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of tension that happens with asthma. So when you let your chamomile steep for a long time and you've got that bitterness coming out, you've got... Salivation, you've got the liver detox happening, you've got peristalsis happening in the intestines, the so things are moving along, all your digestive juices are being made. So it really helps stimulate and move along digestion. But the bitter taste and herbalism is also considered to be very cooling, which means that any inflammation, maybe in your GI tract, maybe. Uh, throughout your sciatica, pain kind of situations, all of that sort of abdominal inflammation is going to get cooled down from the bitter taste as well, which is super useful.
0: Wow. Uh, I yeah, how, how do people get in touch with you? I know you're doing this DIY herbal course that you mentioned. Um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out
1: more? Well, the DIY course is... Um, an in-person course in Chester County, Pennsylvania. And then the foot-to-forehead fix program is all online. So that can be people from all over the place. Um, So I have a website, paulasherbals.com, that has it all laid out. Great.
0: Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I want you to come back. As as the seasons uh, come about on the calendar there, I'm sure there's herbs we can talk about almost for every season. Oh,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was really an honor.
0: Uh, All right, guys, thanks for listening. Again, uh, check out hollyhillvitamins.com, our sponsor. There's great prices on there. There's great service on there. And you can also uh, look at the extensive wellness library that's on the site and listen to past shows. So thank you for joining us today. We'll see you on the next episode.